sister. Thank God. Praise God. Uh, before we get into scripture reading, um, I do want to bring, as we bring, this is Pentecost Sunday, and we celebrate the birth. I've asked a lot of people that goes to the churches, would you guys celebrate Pentecost Sunday? Did, was anything mentioned? No. What is Pentecost? They don't understand. They seem to think it's just a, a denomination. Uh, no, it's not. Every church, even the Catholics have to look at Pentecost because that was the beginning stages, the inception of the church. And praise God, I don't care where you come from, you're Pentecostal. <laughs> so I tell them. <laughs> and they look at me and says, no, I'm not. They take offense to it. And I go, you were birthed at Pentecost. You're Pentecostal. <laughs> and so they kind of look at me like I'm crazy, but they can't deny the word. I want to talk to you about a river. I'm going to bring up what scripture says. Before we do that, I've done some studying and, and a few years back, and sometimes I like to go through history. I like history. I like to see what's happening because if you don't know where you come from, you don't know where you're going. Sometimes you need to look at, in 1763, uh, on the Mississippi River, there was a group of French settlers that came in and settled into a, an area, and they made the their area kind of like a, a little uh, village, but it it finally was taking off, and they called it uh, the Little Gulf. Now, the reason why they called it Little Gulf because it was a sister town to a bigger town was called the Big Gulf, which is New Orleans, Louisiana, which is close there. Uh, as time went on, the Little Gulf became very prosperous and prominent. And so much that uh, a few years later that a gentleman, and I guess you could buy a city if you wanted to, his name is Thomas Calvert, bought the city and had a dear friend that was close to him, a mentor. Judge Thomas Rodney was his name. And he took, the name, it took that name and changed the name from Little Gulf to Rodney, Mississippi. Now, with that understanding, in the mid-1800s, they had discovered cotton. And at that time, that was a very prominent agricultural uh, produce that was coming from there. And it took that up. And what happened, Rodney became a very busy uh, place. It was no longer a town, it became a city. Thousands of people were flocking to this place. And one thing, they had ports because it was right on the Mississippi River. And with the Mississippi River coming here, they made ports. They could send out their agriculture. It became so important that uh, it became one of the busiest ports in America in the early stages. It was very busy, very prominent. And it's saying they had uh, where they had factories uh, and they had schools. Of course, they raised that up. They had hotels, restaurants, housing boom was going on. Thousands of people there it became so much important that it missed being the capital of Mississippi by three votes. Jackson won out. So it's now the place that is the capital. But something happened. Say something happened. Something that nobody could foresee. The Mississippi River started changing its course over a number of years. Little by little, over a course of years, the current began to change direction. By the early 1900s, Rodney was three miles off of the river. No longer had its ports. No longer had the things that really made it prominent. The city was built on that commerce of the boats and the ports in that city. Suddenly things changed. No access to the river. What do you think took place? The commerce and the wealth of the city dried up. What do you think happened to the people? 
they left. No longer was it prominent. No longer that we see that, you know what it is right now? A ghost town. A ghost town. Wow. From prominence to a ghost town. Matter of fact, there's only one way in, one way out. And the only really structure that is there and it's caving in on itself was a Presbyterian church that was built when it was in the promise. All the rest of the buildings, there's a few people coming in on the outskirts of some things happening, but inside that city, suddenly something took place because, and you can Google it. You can go on Google and find out for yourself what happened there and what's going on because of the river. See, that lets us know it was a silent testimony of something that took place. No matter how many things you got going on for you, if the river ever leaves, you will die. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to John chapter 7. A little bit of history lesson as we introduce what my message will be. <laughs> Praise God. Stay connected to the river. Touch your neighbor and say, stay connected to the river. And let's begin reading from the Word of God. And keep your Bibles handy because we will go to other scriptures in the, as we move into the message. Chapter 7, verse 37 and 30 through 39. As we are celebrating Pentecost Sunday and what took place, the, how many knows that the Holy Spirit was poured out? Praise God for that. That's the beginning stages. That's what separates us from all the other religions, as if you want to put it that way, because we now have been given the power from heaven. Praise God, been given the power to be witnesses, begin the power to operate the way God wants us to. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the water that flows from heaven. See, without water, things will dry up and they will fade away. They will die. But thank God for the water that comes from heaven. If you get under the spout, you'll find that the water is still being poured out. But people move away from the spout. But let's read. I've got to get in the word of God. Oh, praise God. Verse 37, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow. Say flow. flow. Rivers of living water. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, how's your river? <laughs> How's your river doing? It should be flowing. <laughs> How many of you ever had your river kind of dammed up though? It doesn't flow. Something that stopped it, restricted it from doing what it needs to do. See, out of the your belly, out of your belly, out of your belly, out of your most inner being shall flow rivers of living water. It should splash on to other people. Right. Should splash on to those around you. They should tell uh, what's going on. <laughs> there was a lady that I work with, and we had some training they call insights training it's a personality test and so a bunch of us was in here and so when we was going through there they give you these little uh cards and blocks and they give you different colors says you ooze with this color this is what your personality is like so they give us all that and so she says now if you got one that really didn't pertain to you but pertain to somebody else and so she brought it by and laid it on there and i looked at it and i says this is what she thinks of me and she's the card says has one with enthusiasm and a lot of energy. <laughs> How does that come? I looked at her and says, that's what you think? He says, oh, you can tell it. He says, you're always enthusiastic. You always have energy. 
And he says, us young ones should need to take note of that. But let's read on. Verse 39. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit had not, was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. How many has received that river? Amen. How many have the flow of the river in your life? Amen. We need the river more now than ever before. Amen. But there's a lot of rivers have dried up. There's a lot of people have moved away from the river. And what's happened? They become a ghost place where that it once was, but now the spirit is no longer there. Praise God. Ask your neighbor again. How's your river? And you may be seated. The Holy Spirit is a life-giving river. The presence of Jesus is a river of living water. Can I hear an hallelujah and amen? Just like the city of Rodney, though, when the river was, went a different course, it dried up. It withered up. It lost its prosperity and life. People left that place. They began to leave in groves. They began to not want to be around. When you come to know the Lord, you may try to think that other things are going to satisfy, but you know there's only one source that can give you a life-giving source. The same is true in our lives. The difference is that the city of that was then they had the river. If the Spirit is not leading us, if the Spirit is not directing us, what do we have? Say flesh. That's what you have. That's just your own wanting to go after something. But thank God. See, all the blessings of God flows through the Spirit of God. All the success flows from God himself through his spirit. All the victories of your life flows from God himself through that river that Jesus talked about, that gave us this, says, out of your belly, out of your belly shall flow a river. Out of your most inner being shall flow a river. How's your river? Is it splashing onto somebody else? Can they hear the river running through you? Can they see what's going in in your life? See, if the, rivers, if the river of the spirit ever shifts... Are you willing to shift also? Are you willing to go where the spirit is? Well, we've done it like this since I was a young girl, young boy. We've never done anything different. When the spirit directs and goes a different way, because how many knows there's a flow to a river? How many's ever been in a river before? What happens when you get in a river? You get wet. When we used to baptize down by Liberty Mills and we take them down to the, uh, the dock then down there, the loading dock for they can go out and send, we would go test it out and we'd go out so far and when that river was high, you know what happened? We'd get out there and you could feel a push on you. How many's ever had the, the river push on you? you? You get in a river and you says, when we was kids, we used to live not too far from where there's a small creek and even a small creek, when it was getting full, we'd go out there and swim in it because we lived right next to it. Me and my brother and some of the people in the community we lived in, we would go out there and, and you could feel it. And all of a sudden, if you didn't watch it, you could see things go right by you. There's a lot of things you didn't want to see go by you and you're going, ooh, <laughs> and let it go. But it was still flowing and it wanted to push you to flow. But you know what? You can resist. You can resist. 
You know what happens to those that don't follow after what the flow is of the Spirit? They become joyless. They become lifeless. They become dried up because they come to church. They have no joy. They have no life. They have no uh, river flowing from them. When they come to worship, they look at you like, pump me up. You know what? The river should already be flowing out of you. I was so glad to see, even though we're missing a few people and few things up here that's operating, you got in this morning. That tells me the river. That tells me, like you said this morning, the Spirit of the Lord is here. He's here today, flowing out of us. No matter what you're going through, you need to let the river lead you. You need to stay connected to the river. Like Rodney, things happened over time. It didn't happen overnight. Little by little. You know what the river does? It not only leads you, it constrains you. It gets you into that place where it constrains you in that, that area that you must flow and go with it. It keeps you in that pocket that is going there. See, when you stand in that river, that current will push you in the way that you know, the direction wants to take you where he wants to go. And that's what the Spirit is saying in these last days. I want to flow. On the day of Pentecost, it flowed this way. But I like what we had in our Sunday school because now, uh, a little while later, we've seen the Gentiles coming in. And the Spirit moved differently then than what it did on the day of Pentecost. Peter didn't have to lay hands on. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God flowed in that house because they desired what was going on. See, what happens when you don't have spirit, you have flesh. This is how, but let me say something here, that when you get saved, you're going to have something that's going to constrain you, that's going to lead you, but you can resist it. How many ever resisted the Spirit of God? Resisted what the flow of the Spirit wants to do. How many's ever questioned to the point that the Holy Spirit says, if you keep questioning me, I'm going to move directions. I've had people question me, says, are you sure this is of God? And you can repeat yourself till you're blue in the face. And they look at you and says, I really don't know. You're resisting what God wants to do. I've had people when they said, you're going to Warsaw, there's enough churches there. I know what the Spirit of God was telling me to do. And they resisted and they resisted. And you know what? I know one church right now, they're having difficulties. Don't resist the Spirit of God. Let him flow through you. Let him direct you. Let him constrain you. Let him help you do what you need to do in your life. But when you resist, we're living in a time when they're resisting what God wants to do in America. When we got a president that's, that's making and pushing his agenda in the schools, I tell you what, we need to start standing up, said no more silence, no more of this stuff that needs to go away. It's not of God, it's anti-God, it's anti-Christ, and there's nothing but anti-spirit that is there, anti-Christ. It's time that we allow the spirit of God to do what he needs to do. See, when you go against the grain, when you go against that flow of the Spirit, what happens? You resist what the Spirit of God wants to do in your life. That's rebellion. That's a form of rebellion. That's what got Satan kicked out of heaven was rebellion. You know what happens? You silence what the Spirit of God wants to do because you think you have the better way of going. No, we've always done it this way. And you resist, you know what the float does? It goes around you. And pretty soon it's not even near you. 
you're standing in dry pockets, dry areas. And you wonder why there's no life, no joy. Wonder why that you, you go through these areas and trials and difficulties and think, where's the life at? Because you missed the mark. Rodney missed the mark. They didn't pay much attention. They was in tune with the prosperity and what was going on, not realizing that something was going on, that suddenly something was happening, that their ports were not in the place where they need to be, where the water was. Let me say this. You die spiritually if that happens, and you will. There's a lot of people sitting in church today that are spiritually dead. They have no life. And you know what they do? They start picking everything apart. Well, I can't believe a pastor preached that long. I can't believe the worship team had that many songs. All they want is money. I, I go to church and I go home. That, there's just no life to them. But you get somebody come in when they got life. Wow, you didn't sing long enough. Pastor, give me more. When I went overseas and first time I got to minister, something I realized that those people were hungry. I got up there and I preached for an hour. <laughs> they didn't want to leave. I had one group tell me, says, you got any more? They kept doing, we need want more. I went to Guatemala and was preaching. I preached for an hour and 45 minutes and I thought, okay, I'm done. These people were just hungry. They just kept, and they, they stood up. I had this one guy that says, we don't get done until about three hours. Are you got any more? I was drained. I was says, here, here it is. And we prayed for people. And I tell you, the spirit of God moved and we was in service for five hours and they wanted to keep going. Come back to America. You got a half an hour. That's all you get in my time. <laughs> See, the flow was to go a different ways sometimes in people's lives. Everybody seems to think I've got a time frame. I got to move on. You know, with the flow of the spirit, you need to allow him to get rid of your time clock and let God do what he needs to do. In these day and age, we need God to move, to deliver our hearts and lives in the generation we have today. Amen. You know what the flow does? It cleanses. It washes away everything that is a negative, everything that is evil, everything that is not like God. That's what it'll do. I'm getting ahead of myself. How many's ever gone to a funeral and seen a Somebody has passed on. One of the things that we tell them says, well, that person's not there. We just had a funeral and this past week, my cousin passed away. And I know some of you, Sister Dina had a sister-in-law that passed away. And the truth is, that's a shell. The real person is not there. Because you know what that tells me? Their spirit. Your spirit. Your spirit being. And without the spirit, without his flow, without his river, what happens? You become dead, lifeless. Romans chapter eight, verse five. Go there if you would, please. Romans chapter eight, verse five. Let me say this. I'm a spirit person in a fleshly body. You may see my flesh, but I'm a spirit person. Romans 8, chapter 5 says this. If you're there, say amen and hallelujah. Amen. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. What does that mean? A believer should be after the spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. 
I do not want to be after the flesh. I may have fleshly moments. How many's ever had those? <laughs> we get those every once in a while. But in long run, the spirit should be leading us. I do not want to move in a direction of the flesh. Why? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is what you're going to get. It draws you away from the spirit that gives you life and gives you life that you need in the day and age we're living in. See, we need to be a people after the spirit. I want to pastor a church that is after the spirit, that the spirit has control. That just like on the day of Pentecost, we come together in one mind and one accord and all of a sudden we connect to heaven and heaven connects to us and the flow from heaven is flowing down to us. But when we move away from connecting to what God has, the river will take his different course. The river will go. What is a river? It's a channel to allow the water to flow, the spirit of God to flow. But when that channel is moved away and you've resisted so long, he will take another way. See, do not grieve the spirit of God for he will take his flight. I don't want to grieve the spirit of God. I want to follow after him. I want to do not want this flesh to take control of my life. See, we must follow after the currents of the flow of the spirit and where he takes us. You can't look at the past. You cannot go to the past and say, he done it that way. The spirit of God is always fresh. He's always right on time. He's always wanting to take you to a place where that he can give you some good things. Praise God. Exodus chapter 33, verse 15. Go there if you would, please. If you're there, say glory. And Moses was in the mountain talking to God. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. If your presence doesn't go before us, he's saying, I don't want anything to do with it. You know, one thing I've said ever since we came back from Marion, and I said it for many years, if the spirit of God is moving over here and the people where I'm at are not moving with the spirit of God, you know where you're going to find me? Over there. I want where God wants me to be at. I want to be in the flow where he wants me to be at. Amen. Moses is saying the current of his presence, if it's not there, I will not go up. I will not move. I'm like Moses. I want to be in the spirit of the, where the flow of the spirit is. I want to see where God's at and what he's got for his life because without the spirit of God bringing that deliverance, washing away of all those things, bringing things that uh, brings life and brings joy and, and, and brings all these things that we desire, victories and, and blessings and prosperity. I need to be where God's at. I need to be where his spirit is. One thing I noticed when I start saying something and this current pulls me a different way, I shut up. I had an incident this past week and uh, my boss came around and was saying something to me. And all of a sudden, I normally don't say a lot. So, but it's the Spirit of God just, just hit me at the right time. 
And uh, sometimes my boss can be my way or the highway. How many of you have ever seen people like that? Well, I started laying out facts. And he tried to interrupt and he knows that I was going down a path. He just looked at me and he's kind of backing away. How <laughs> I many knows that sometimes people can don't want to be around where the presence of the Lord is? And I was just laying out facts. And then all of a sudden he said something and I says, enough. And then he finally looked at me and he, he knew that it wasn't working. And he says, well, I got to go. See, sometimes when you get in the flow of the spirit, people don't want to be around that. They want to run away from that. But I'm telling you, if you don't get in his presence of the Lord, if you don't get in his spirit, his flow, and then you can't allow him to do what he needs to do. He finally come around. He says, I understand where you're coming from. And that's all he said. How many knows that God will lead you in every place and every time that you need to? I didn't come to offend him. I didn't come to come at, combat him. I just brought him facts. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will do that. But there's been sometimes <laughs> I wanted to say something. A spirit of choke got a hold of me. <laughs> spirit of slap wanted to get reach out from me. And that current says, be still. <laughs> that current says, was constraining me, restraining me from doing what I need to do. That's what the spirit of God. Sometimes you get around other people and they want to pull your way. And all of a sudden you feel that current from that river that from, comes from heaven keeps you where it needs to be. This is the flow where the spirit needs to go. You need to go that place. Don't go down that way. Don't go that direction. Don't say those words. Don't say, think that way because the constraining of the spirit of God keeps you where you need to be. That's the reason it's so vital to get with places and areas where the Spirit of God is flowing. I like what Paul said. He said, in these last days, they're going to have a form, but they deny the power. The power is the flow of God. There's a lot of churches that claim a lot of things, a lot of groups that claim a lot of things, but if they don't have the flow of the power of God, it says depart from them. That's the truth, and that's what the Bible says we need to do. Parts of me, people are chasing after things because it makes them feel good. See, the current will constrain you. I want to lose my life in that current. Say, God, here am I. Take me. Go to Romans chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 12 through 14. Let me say this. You want, how many wants to be blessed? How many loves blessings? You like that word anyway. People like that word. But the Bible says that where the current is, is where blessings flow. Right. Blessings from heaven. If you're there, say glory. glory. Oh, yes, you are on unity. I like that. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, you shall what? die but if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body you shall live say i'm going to live for as many as are led by the spirit of god they become the what sons of god the sons of god when you are in the flow of the spirit when you're in the flow of what he desires Another translation reads this way. The proof of sonship is not being led by the flesh, but by the spirit. I don't want to make decisions on my fleshly thinking, on my 
intelligence of what I know. I want to be led by the Spirit. Trust me, I've gone down a path and done it my way, and I've made a mess of things. But when the Spirit of God is flowing through me and said, this is the direction I have for your life, this is the direction I have for your family, this is the direction I have for the church, then blessings flow. Prosperity comes. And then all of a sudden, freedom is there. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. I like freedom. You know what it tells me? That if my actions, my attitude, and my words are not in the flow of the Spirit, I'm in trouble. But when they line up in the flow of the Spirit, then I find blessings. On Pentecost Sunday, I want you to get in your spirit that the Spirit of God wants to flow through you out of your belly, out of your most inner being, out of you as an individual. He wants to make you a son and daughter of God. That's what the world is looking for. The true children of God that's flowing in the spirit, that's flowing and allowing the spirit flow through them. Go to Galatians chapter three. I told you I was going to give you a few verses today. Verse three. A lot of people have done some things, a starting point. They've come to a starting point, but you got to stay connected to the river. Stay connected to God's river. If you're there, say glory. Glory. Verse three says, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Notice this. There's a lot of people that start out in the right way, that start out in the right channel. Then all of a sudden, the flesh gets in the way. The feelings get in the way. The thoughts get in the way. They try to analyze and, and put things into perspective because of their minds. I got to try to control it. And God says, I've got the best thing in your life. Flow with me. In other words, what he was saying to these people, you were one time in the river. You're having a good time. But what happened? You are in the flow of the Spirit. See, the flow of the Spirit will change you and make you go to a different direction at times. You start out in the Spirit. You are tender to His voice even. When was the last time you heard God speak to you? Middle of the night maybe even, waking you up and talking to you. Maybe at work. Maybe you're driving down the road. You were tender to His voice. You were even sensitive to his desires. God, what do you want for my life? I'm taking up my cross. I'm following you. I want to stay in the flow of the spirit. I've seen a lot of people come and go, but when they start getting out in the fleshly ways and they start getting away from his word, start getting away from his voice, start getting away from this, what happens? They go down a direction that is going to bring death, destruction for their lives. Paul was saying you started out, but you ending up in the flesh. Can the flesh make you perfect? Only the spirit can. Many have started. Trust me, I remember coming to church. They was the first ones there to be on their prayer bones. They wanted to be in prayer. They wanted to be in church. They wanted to be around godly people, godly things. Their music was about God. Worship music, that's all you heard. They come in with a spring in their step. Next thing you know, they got away from the river. You didn't see them in prayer meeting. You didn't see them reading the Bible. Didn't have a devotional time. Have you moved away from the river? 
Have you moved away from the flow? Well, I'm so busy. You know, the enemy gets you so busy, you forget that the river is life of where you need to be. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, set the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. So when God led me to start a work here in Warsaw, he says, I've got a flow I want to bring back. I've got a direction that I want to bring back to the... He didn't say he's going to be the largest. I want to be obedient. That's the key. Be planted where God wants you to be. You can hunt and hunt and search and search, and if you're not planted where God wants you, you won't prosper. There's so many people that's, that's searching for everything and says, well, I'll try this place. I'll try this place. I'll go to this place. And I know that, but you're like a tumbleweed. You're not planted. When you take a, a root and, and you move it up and, or you take a plant and, and you take it up from the roots and move it over here, after a while, it'll die. There's no fruit to it either. Without any root system, there's no fruit system. Can I be honest? I need the spirit. I need to lean on the Spirit. I need the guidance of the Spirit. If the river ever leaves you, you know what's happened? You know what the consequences will be? Prosperity will die from you. You won't longer have it. You know what else happens? Your life will wither up and dry. You become empty and lifeless. You then have nothing but an outer appearance but only have a shell because there's nothing inside. River comes where? Inside. Out of you. Out of you. We must be led by the Spirit. It's, I believe it's time that we listen to the Spirit, listen to the river. How many ever gone to a river and listen? What do you hear? <clears throat> it's moving. It's constantly moving. It's constantly going. The water's flowing. There's a source that's bringing that. And it's flowing. <clears throat> it goes to a certain direction. But what makes a river change its course? I'm glad you asked. Look at Rodney. Over time, they were three miles. And at that time, Horse and buggy is about the only way, or horse and wagon is about the only way to take commerce back and forth. And so the prosperity of Rodney went down. The prominence of that city went down. It's a mere image of what it used to be. As a matter of fact, when you see a church and something caving in, caving in on itself, that tells a lot right there. The presence of the Lord was there one time. Something was going on at one time. You know what happened with Rodney? The engineers looked it over and they figured it out. They figured out that eventually debris started building up. Silt, which are stones and things that come in and just deposit. And over time, little by little, things started building up. Things started happening. The river started, see what was going on 
There was resistance after a while because those debris and those things that was going on, the silt and other things that was being deposited, was resisting the flow of the Spirit. And nobody paid attention. They were just so in tune what was going on, what was happening. Everything is flowing real good, and all of a sudden the river's moving. Pretty soon, a fourth of a mile. Pretty soon, half a mile. Next thing you know, three quarters of a mile. And over time, over years, what happened? It moved completely away from them and they didn't even realize it. And now it's no longer a prominent place. Let me ask you a question. What does river do? If you allow it, it'll wash away the debris. Let that one sink in. If you allow things to deposit in yourself, if you allow things to come in your life and deposit, pretty soon what happens? That river is going to take a course. It's different than what is there because it's resisting. But if you allow the river to come in, it'll remove obstructions. It'll remove anything that keeps you from flowing in the spirit. If you allow him to. How many wants the debris gone from your life? Even Christians can have debris settling in their lives. Life can bring things in your way. Going to work every day can, because you're dealing with all kinds of things and people you see. And if you don't watch it, things can build up inside you. Things can come deep down inside you. Anger, unforgiveness. After a while, you're talking differently. After a while, your mental state is different. After a while, you're looking as these things are depositing, and pretty soon the flow of the river is not there. It took a different direction. It moved, in other words. In other words, you're just going to church or you're going around the things thinking, I've got everything, but you've got deposited there. How many knows the river will remove those deposits if you allow it? It brings a cleansing too. That water from heaven can bring a cleansing to your life. In times I've been frustrated. And I needed a breakthrough. And when I got alone with my prayer bones and I got alone with God, and all of a sudden I started connecting to that river. I started connecting to the spirit. And all of a sudden I felt the washing away. I felt God cleansing my mind. I felt God cleansing my heart. And I says, God, I don't want this in my life. God, I don't want these hindrances. God, I don't want these restrictions. I need you in my life. I need the presence of the Lord to flow out of me and through me. I need God to come in in a mighty way. I want this church to understand we don't want anything to be deposited here we want God to be coming here we want God to bring a flood we want God to bring the river yeah. mm. eventually three miles away the river was the town went down you know what that describes so many people's lives they started out in the spirit so many were full of even the holy spirit they were full of God's presence. They walked in his word. So many had the joy of the Lord as in their lives. Everything was about Jesus because that's what they wanted to talk about. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Because that's what it is, the presence of the Lord. Moses said, I won't go up unless I have your presence. The presence of the Lord comes through Jesus. Without Jesus in the midst, then what do you have? You have nothing but a form. But when the river starts changing course, you better pay attention. You better start flowing with this river again. 
See, what happens when you don't have his presence? When you don't have his spirit, what happens? You don't have the flow. And you start resisting even that. You resist the presence of the Lord. You resist what God wants to do. There's sometimes the spirit of God brings conviction. There's some people that don't like conviction. They like what they're doing. They like the darkness they're in. Sometimes what happens? Rodney is now a ghost town. That's all it is. A shallow what it used to be. Buildings are caving in all around it. They don't have no prosperity because we were moved. There was no flow. Things happen. Can I be just as honest as I can? I'm going to be old-fashioned now. I'm going to dig into some old-fashioned ways here. I'm going to be after spirit, not flesh. Pastor, that's old-fashioned. You, you, you got to move into now. You got to go along with the technology we got. You got to start moving. And that's old-fashioned. That's kind of do away this. It means this. You don't need to go that way. I want to be old-fashioned. I want to go after the spirit. I don't want to go after what we see that is called spirit. We have so much phony baloney anymore. People don't even know what the spirit of God is anymore. Many have been deceived. This generation don't even know. You ask them questions, they look at you, duh. Hey, dude, what do you think? They don't even know anymore. See, I want to flow with the spirit of God. I don't want to go after that. I don't want to be deceived. I want the presence of the Lord to be in me so much that when he says, don't go that direction, I want to flow with the spirit. Don't say those things. I want to flow with the spirit. Don't let anger come in. I want to flow with the spirit. Don't let unforgiveness come in. I want to flow with the spirit. I want to flow with where he's going. If he's changing course, find me there. That's where I'm going to go. Partners, people are flowing with, <laughs> let's just make it so easy for everybody to come. But there's no conviction, no changing. You know what? The spirit of God is not there and the flow of the God's not there. You better leave it because yeah, right. eventually it'll go away. Give it time. It may be big and, and look like it's in charge right now, but it'll eventually die. You know what it looks like to me? <laughs> Some of those were like Samson, woke up. Wish he had the presence of the Lord again. He didn't even know it left him. He didn't know it had gone. But you keep chasing after flesh. You keep chasing after your own feelings and all of your own thoughts and doing what you want to. After a while, the presence of the Lord going to change course. And he woke up, haircut. Woke up, no sight. Woke up in prison. Woke up with people making fun of him. He finally got repentance and said, God, if you use me again, I'm sorry. Don't wait until your eyes are poked out. Don't wait until your haircuts come. Don't wait until you're in prison. But now is the time to wake up. God, I need your presence. I don't need to go after this. If you want to have a successful life, if you want God to be in your life to give you life, you need to have, be connected to the river. Out of your belly, Jesus said, out of your belly, out of your heart shall flow rivers. When's the last time the river flowed through you? When's the last time you felt the presence of the Lord? Can I put it this plain? Your joy is not in your prosperity. 
that you have in the bank account. It's not between you and your spouse, which everybody seems to think, well, my spouse makes me happy. Happiness will go away. But your joy is in the presence of the Lord. It is through the flow of the Spirit that we see the washing away of everything that binds up, that debris, that clutters. It'll destroy your life. I pray that while I'm even finishing here, that that flow is coming into your life. And if there's anything that has been building up in your life, any debris, any uh, things that's been depositing there, that's been keeping the flow, that the Spirit of God will flow in your life to wash it away. How many of you have ever been uh, in a place where you had things happen to you and it dwells on your mind so much that you can't get away from it? Even hinders your walk with the Lord. The Holy Spirit wants to come in and give you an overflow. He wants to wash away everything. Can I put it this way? In this house, as long as I'm pastor, Holy Spirit, have your way. Let me say it again. Holy Spirit, have your way. In my home, <laughs> where God's placed me to be over, I say, God, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, make your abode here. Holy Spirit, you have control here. This is not about me. This is bigger than me. But I need your presence in this place. You know what happened? Rodney made a choice. They didn't pay attention. It went to a ghost town. We've got a choice today. Do we want the Spirit of God on Pentecost Sunday to flow? Where that they finally connected on the day of Pentecost in one mind and one accord. And what happened? The flow of the heavenlies came down. And they spoke differently. They acted differently. Their emotions was different. There's some people that they said, well, I won't move like that. Because, you know, you let the Holy Ghost get a hold of you. It's like a 440. It'll move you. It's like fire that's shut up in your bones. It moves you in a different direction. It makes you dance. It'll make you do some things that you never thought you'd do. That's the restriction that he's got for you, that constraining that he's got for you. He says, stay with me if you stay in the flow. But if you resist him, if you have resistance to him, can I put it this way? As a movie come out, resistance is futile. If you resist him, you'll die. That's futile. That's death. But can I be as honest as I can? And I'm going to be, again, I'm going to bring up some Southern thing. I want a gully washer. You know what a gully washer is? When you see a big body of water coming down the stream that's overflowed its banks on the river, it's up in the mountain or up on the hilltop, and it's coming down. It's been raining, and all of a sudden you see, you know what it does? It washes away everything. I want to see a service where we have a gully washer. I want to see a service where God would just come down and let that gully just open up, let that water just flow in our lives, wash away everything that is not like God. 
God. And then all of a sudden, miracles and signs and wonders are coming in because life is happening. Prosperity will happen in that place. Blessings will be there because God is in that place. He's flowing like he wants to. God, give us a golly washer. We need revival, but we need a golly washer right now to flow in our lives and our hearts. Thank you, Father. Give me a golly washer. Mm, let it flow in my life. Thank you, Father. See, one thing I notice, people forget, and the enemy has deceived so many. The church is the connecting place where the river is or should be. It's not because, okay, I got a little bit of time, I'll go to church. But I've been on a trip. If you put priorities, you want to get connected to the river. Aren't we the church? Aren't we the church? And when we come as a body, we get close together and we connect it to the river. Orange people want to go to church just on convenience. When it connected on convenience, and they wonder why they're miserable. And I wonder why there's depression and wonder why there's no life and there's no joy in their walk of the Lord. I wonder why they don't have a spring in their step when they know that God's done so much for them. There's a flow that God wants to give you, church. And I say, I want a Holy Ghost river that flows like never before. I went to a church in Belize and I think I mentioned it. And I preached in it. And it was just a small village church. Smaller than this. In that place, they really let their babies hang around because they put them in a napkin and they hang them up on the wall. That's how they babysit them. Just hang them up. And they're babies. They're just the little ones. Martha going, they're going to fall. Don't let them fall. They hang them up there and the kids are just content. Every once in a while, when the presence of the Lord was going, I was preaching that one baby just looking up and says, who's that? (laughs) But in the center, right down the aisle, they had a small creek. They built that church, and it's called the River Church. Uh-huh. Ooh. And it wasn't, and all of a sudden, it started raining. And all of a sudden, while I'm preaching, and I'm on the platform, there goes that river just flowing, that little creek, water just coming. It reminded me, I said, God, give us a gully washer. And then all of a sudden, I heard somebody speak in tongues. And I heard my tongue. I never heard anybody speak in my tongue that God gave me my language, my prayer language. And all of a sudden I heard this lady, I'm going, I recognize that one. Praise God, there's more than just me. <laughs> it was identical. And I thought all of a sudden the interpretation came and the spirit of God was flowing. That's what we need, church. We need the river to come in. But it begins with us. It begins with me. If you have a debris, if you have anything that's been restricting, let the flow come. Let God bring a gully washer to wash away the debris, wash away the restrictions, wash away all those things that's in keeping the presence of the Lord. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Open prison doors, set the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Stand to your feet if you would please. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison